Why don't you take a seat? Why don't you say to somebody next to you, get ready? Um, I'm excited just to sow a, a seed of expectation. In worship, I was reminded of a, a picture that God gave me this week on a bit of a prayer walk. And I believe that it's a, a picture actually that it is for somebody. And God wants to set you free. Okay? But we're going to wait. We've got a ministry time coming up, and that will be your opportunity. But before we get there, is it cool if we just share a bit of the word this morning? Um, I'm, I'm excited. It's always a privilege to be able to, to bring the word, okay? Always a privilege. I never take it for granted. I'm always like, God, what do you want to say? Because who knows, like, you can come up with really pithy things. You know, I love a, a bit of good alliteration. Who likes alliteration where all the points? Yep. Come on, it helps you remember. You go, you know, if it was four T's or whatever, you know, T1, T2, T3, and then you're like, what was that other point? And then it's like, oh, yeah, it must start with a T. This is easy. Well, there's a little bit of alliteration this morning, so John's going to be happy. <laughs> but anyway, if you could cast your mind back to 2004, can anyone think back that far? I love that someone called out no. Um, is there anybody here who wasn't actually born yet in 2004? <laughs> Good on you, boys, Brody, Andrew. Oh, what I love, what I love actually is I knew Brody wasn't born yet. Do you know how I know that? At Christmas time, as we were preparing for our carols, Brody's an absolute legend. He just gave up a few days to come down and help. And um, I was driving him home. And do you guys know where Otia Valley Primary School is? Yeah. We drove past that and Brody told me, I went to that school. And I said, no way. I thought we we're going to have one of these like amazing coincidence kind of conversations. I was like, I used to go to uni at Massey Uni and I used to skate past Otia Valley School every day to uni. I was like, who knows? You might have been at the fence. I was skating past. Who knows? We might have seen each other. I was like, when did you go to school then? Now, I'm not going to give away my age. But let's just say I was already out of uni <laughs> by the time Brody had started. So you guys are going to have to just try and picture what 2004 could have been like, okay? But for the rest of us, uh, I know where I was in 2004. I was at the, um, the very end of high school thinking about what am I going to do at university? Um, who knows? That might make someone else feel old this morning. Uh, 2004 was the year that Facebook was being developed. It was the year before YouTube. That's mind-blowing, right? Believe it or not, guys, there was a time there was no YouTube. <laughs> yeah, good on you, Brody. Need to take a couple more acting classes on that, that surprise face. Anyway, in 2004, there was a daytime television event that would go down in history. In fact, if I search back in my mind, I think I was at home sick and saw it live because there was no YouTube. So I must have seen it live. But there's a daytime tele television event that would go down in history. Now, to give you a little bit of background before this, because I believe every one of us, we fall into a couple of camps, okay? We've either seen it, we heard about it, we saw it later online because it's lived beyond that, 
or today is the day. <laughs> you know, okay. So give a little bit of context. 1996. Can you say 1996? Oprah Winfrey came up with this idea, okay? Anyone remember the Oprah show? Yeah. So she used to have this thing called Oprah's Favorite Things. And around Thanksgiving time every year, she would share one of her favorite things and do a bit of a giveaway. Okay. Like one of those was the iPod. Did anyone own an iPod? How redundant now when we think about it. You still use it? Oh, good on you. Okay. But iPod was revolutionary, right? Because you could take, I mean, we were, there was CD Walkmans, Tate Walkmans, but suddenly you could have a thousand songs in your pocket. So this was, that was one of her Oprah's favorite things. Okay. So you think from 1996 to 2004, we've got to up the ante, don't we? To turn this into something that everyone wants to tune into because there's no Oprah on demand back then. It's like, you've got to watch live. So 2004 in a theater uh, a bit larger than this, um, everyone kind of came in, found their seat. There's anticipation because they know this is the Oprah's favorite things episode being taped. And then there's this moment, Oprah says, okay, uh, everybody stand up. And then you saw all the, um, the staff coming in, they're dressed like weight staff and they've got these platters with these gift boxes. Okay. And they're all perfectly wrapped and they go around. She's like, okay, everyone got to listen. The cameras are on you. I thought this was funny just to make sure no one breaks the rules. She says, nobody open your gift yet. So everyone's, you know, acting really good, taking their gift, holding onto it, you know, buzzing. What's going to happen? And when everybody had their gift, she said, okay, open your gift now and the cameras turn around and you see people frantically ripping off bows and wrapping paper and opening up the gift box and then out comes sets of keys and in that moment you can see like this confusion like what is this you know like you might have seen the ipod the year before but what is this and then the infamous words that would go down in history it is even a meme where she goes you get a car you get a car you get a car everybody gets a car now does anyone remember this moment or seen it i'm i'm seeing the young guys going over like this over here who weren't even born when it happened but it was this incredible moment where all 276 audience members got a brand new Pontiac G6 sedan. Every single one of them. Never before done in an audience giveaway. Um, now, since then, she had to really outdo that. I mean, one of them was like, they, they, I think they filmed it outside and then they dropped the giant um, backdrop and there's a Qantas airplane with John Travolta in the pilot seat and she's like, I'm taking you all to Australia. Um, but, but at that moment, every single person got a, um, a brand new car. You get a car, you get a car, everybody gets a car. Um, I would hazard a guess they probably cheered louder than we did. I'm so sorry. Budget this week couldn't couldn't go to everyone gets a car. I think if we followed what you were you were mentioning around having to restrain everyone from giving, we'd do a car. Just jokes. Uh, so 
what I love is they had actually strategically gone, we want to make sure everyone deserves a car. So the producers would ask questions to, you know, screening the audience going, how do you get to work? So I love that. Like how cool every single one. It wasn't just this cool added bonus. This was going to be a, a life changer. You get a car, you get a car, everybody gets a car. And, um, you know, if we think about 2000 years ago, right, we had one of those moments that wasn't just Olympic proportions like that. We're talking cosmic. Jesus, the very image of the invisible God, as Paul wrote, who was with God and was God, as John wrote, you know, came and dwelt amongst us, uh, rolled up his sleeves like it says in Philippians 2, humbled himself even to the cross, died, rose again so that you could get salvation. You could get salvation. You could get salvation. Everybody can have the gift of salvation. That, that's what's on offer. Like an incredible moment. But it didn't even stop then. You know, God's a little bit more generous than Oprah Winfrey. You know, after Jesus died and rose again and he spent time, as it said, you know, he, he, even, he even spent time with 500 people. That's a few people, right? Afterwards, teaching. And then he sends to heaven. What did he say? He said, wait in Jerusalem. And what happened? They're up in an upper room and they're praying and they're waiting expectantly. And then the next gift came. You get the Holy Spirit. You get the Holy Spirit. You get the Holy Spirit. Everybody gets the Holy Spirit in the room. Come on. And it didn't even end there. With the infilling of the Holy Spirit, you get a gift. You get a spiritual gift. Everybody gets a spiritual gift. And that's what I, I, I want to share on this morning. And if you're taking notes, I've got the longest sermon title I've ever had, which can you guess what it might be? You get a gift. You get a gift. Everybody gets a spiritual gift, okay? And what we're doing is we're turning to 1 Corinthians 12. Now, I, I, it was one of those things when Pastor Don got up last week and he's speaking on Empowered. I'm like, this is good. At least the, the, the New Testament's full of conversation about spiritual gifts. He goes to 1 Corinthians 12, I'm going to Romans 12. If he goes to Ephesians 4, I'm going to 1 Corinthians 12. So this morning, I get to go to probably the most famous, thanks for not using 1 Corinthians 12 last week. So we are going to 1 Corinthians 12. Um, and this is the interesting thing. Who's read 1 Corinthians 12 before? Who's read it more than once? Yeah, you're awesome. I've read it many times. But as I began to read, I, um, I couldn't get past the first sentence. And this is where we're going to start. It says this in my version. Now, about spiritual gifts, brothers, I do not want you to be ignorant. About spiritual gifts, I do not want you to be ignorant. I think the challenge is for us today, just as much as it was to the church in Corinth, 
Did you know you can be in a place where the spiritual gifts are operating and still remain ignorant? You can be somewhere where, you know, words of knowledge are flowing, prophecies are flowing, people are speaking in tongues, people are getting healed and still remain ignorant. This is the challenge. You see, um, in the church of Corinth, man, they, they were exploding and they are seeing the gifts moving. I mean, all you got to do is read the next couple of chapters and it just looks like it was absolute chaos and that people are trying to out-prophesy each other. People are speaking in tongues so much that it's just like, let's get some intelligible words happening this morning. So if someone comes, they, they know what's going on. Or at least let's interpret it. Like this is, a, this is a place where the gifts are flowing, yet Paul goes, I do not want you to be ignorant. This is his cry. And I believe that's God's cry for us this morning as a church. I believe it's a cry for the church right now in this season that we can't be ignorant. So what does ignorance mean? Ignorance means to be like lacking understanding, right? Just lacking understanding. It might not actually mean yet you know absolutely nothing, but just lacking understanding. Why is ignorance dangerous? And this is where um, just for John this morning, I've got a little bit of alliteration because it's just what flows. I just can't help it, okay? So here are a couple of eyes, okay? So ignorance can lead to indifference. So if we don't have an understanding of what is it about these spiritual gifts, if we don't have an understanding that actually, hey, when I surrender my life to God, when I am filled with the Holy Spirit, I get a gift. What is that gift? How can I operate in that gift? We can become indifferent. Leave it up to the guy with the mic up the front. You know what I mean? Leave it up to the, per like, Pastor John, sure and so spiritual, we'll leave it up to them. <laughs> we'll just leave it up to Pastor Don. You know, we, we, if we become indifferent, that's how we act, right? You know, I believe, and I love that it came up, it came up at the conference where we were there, that we are entering a season where I think for too long, We've sat there watching the guys up the front, and I'm just talking on scale for the church, watching the guys up the front going, you know, they can operate in the gifts, but what God is wanting to do is reshift the balance, okay? It was never about this giant hierarchy with a few up the front operating up the top, and then it flows down and there's just people. We are a body. I think a better way to view it is almost, you know, as Paul talks about in Ephesians 4, he talks about the apostles and the prophets and the evangelists, teachers, pastors. It's, it's like almost like a, um, I think of it like a drop in a water and it reverberates out as a body, as opposed to this few at the top, everyone else at the bottom. I believe that the power is going to begin to shift from the platform to the pews and beyond. We can't be indifferent. You know, another thing that can happen if you are ignorant is you become uh, independent. 
If we are ignorant of how spiritual gifts are meant to operate, what is the point of spiritual gifts? And we're going to get there this morning. You can become independent. You become Rambo instead of the Avengers, okay? We're meant to be working together. Meant to be working together, but you become Rambo. You can become insular. But ultimately, this is the danger. This is why I think it's mission critical is because if we become any of those things, a slippery slope from all the way to insular, to independent, to is we can become ineffective as the church. This is our encouragement right now in the season as we get to rise up and be the church because the, the world needs us to be the church more than ever, not just a social club, not just a do-good club, but people that carry the power of the risen king of kings who operate in the gifts that he's given us to participate in seeing his kingdom come, his will be done on earth as it is in heaven. I mean, what an incredible thought. Just picture what heaven must be like. And God's heart is that we experience it, that we bring it in partnership through the Holy Spirit. So let's not be ignorant. This is why he's saying, I don't want you to be ignorant. So that's well, this morning. I'm going to do my best to ensure we walk away understanding a little bit more. Might be a refresher for many, but that's all good. So we see some things, verse 2 and verse 3, about just knowing when you're in a good place, okay? We're going to skip over that. He's just talking about, hey, you can, if, if you're in a place, um, you know, you can't say Jesus is Lord and you can't uh, without being driven by the Holy Spirit, okay? Because the Holy Spirit is all about bringing glory uh, back to God. Uh, and, but then he jumps in, you know, probably you can read it later, but a little bit of a, a, a little litmus test on am I in a good place? Uh, we sang about how um, that Jesus is Lord this morning. So I think we're good. Uh, okay, so here's number one. There are a variety of gifts, okay? And this is in verse four. It says, there are different kinds of gifts, but the same spirit. So yes, we might see uh, particular gifts flowing more than other, but uh, others. But there is a variety of gifts, and a healthy church body is operating in all of them. Number two, there are different kinds of service. There's a variety of ministry, is what I want to put here. I love it. There's different types of service but the same Lord. Paul's just trying to reiterate this unity. This, there's one God, there's one body, but this is where the diversity comes. Many different types of gifts, variety of gifts, and varieties of ministry, because who knows, we are not all called to stand up the front on Sunday. We're not all called to lead an I group, but we're all called somewhere. Every single person in this building whether they know it or not, has a purpose, a God-ordained purpose, has a mission, and in this season right now has an assignment. And you are gifted for that. Different types of ministry. Uh, there are different kinds of working, but the same God who works in all of them, in all men. So number three, 
I'm going to say a variety of efficacy. That's not a hard word, is it? Efficacy. The amount of level of it working. In other words, um, someone might get up and they have an incredible, strong uh, gift in evangelism, right? They can talk about going to the dairy and three minutes later, 100 people are like putting their hands up. Stood, they need God. We all know people like that, don't we? But just because your gift of evangelism right now is in a, a stage where you're fostering that and working, that, that's because the Holy Spirit is working to your level of faith. I love in Romans 12, uh, Paul talks about that. He talks about operating in different gifts to the level of faith. So, so I, I, I say that, and I think Paul says that because he doesn't want anyone to be discouraged as we're stepping out. Variety of gifts, variety of uses in its ministry, variety of efficacy, the amount of level that it's working. And I love this, number four, it's all for the common good. It says here, verse seven, now to each one, the manifestation of the spirit is given for the common good because we are a body. It's about seeing the body grow and it's also the common good of seeing our communities impacted. All right, are we all following along? Okay, we got out, we, we got out of those, that little bit, okay? Here we go. So um, here's a little bit of a list. And I love it because anyone done like a personality profile before? Those are kind of interesting, right? I reckon this outweighs any personality profile. Like, uh, you know, Myers-Briggs, DISC, all those sorts of things. Like this, this stuff really excites me. How has God gifted me? And I want to say this very practical thing. If you don't know what your spiritual gifts could be, I want you to talk to me after the service, okay? And the reason for that is because there are some incredible tools you can do, go through to ask, answer questions about your everyday that will help you go, hey, this is a gift. And it's great having a conversation and talking through. So I want everybody over the coming week to be like, okay, I think I know what my gift is. That's my heart. All right. But I love it. Here, we start from verse eight. Uh, to one there is given through the spirit the message of wisdom. We're not just talking about any kind of wisdom. We all know some wise things <laughs> and we all know some very wise people, but there is another level, remember, for the common good of God-revealed wisdom. You know, in the middle of chaos, in the middle of uh, just where you just can't even see the, uh, what's the term, the wood for the trees, whatever. Yeah, the circumference of the hypotenuse. <laughs> um, God can bring wisdom. We all, we've all seen that before. Remember Joseph. I love, look through, look through the Old Testament with the lens of how were they empowered by the Holy Spirit and you see some of these gifts operating. You've got Joseph, a word of wisdom that would not only lead Egypt but the surrounding nations through a famine. Word of Wisdom. It talks about um, another, a message of knowledge. This is kind of like God revealed knowledge. 
we often see that in um, you know in different Sunday contexts where somebody go, might have a word about someone who needs healing in a particular area, and that's God-given knowledge. They didn't know. They're busy going, Lord, let somebody respond. I've, I've heard from you, but yeah, let someone respond. And as soon as they respond, it helps stir faith for the miracle. Like I think of, you guys have heard the story about me at the women's conference playing bass and the, the lady at the front begins to operate in a word of knowledge. There's someone here who has asthma. I'm like playing bass going, this could be anybody in the room. But I have asthma. Your mum also has asthma. Okay, there could be anybody in the room. But my mum has asthma. The mother's actually been struggling with it since she was a teenager. And you've actually only recently, within the last year, discovered that you have asthma. Oh, yeah, you know that. Uh, <laughs> there could be anybody in the room, but yeah, no, that's me. Then it continues. <laughs> and what I love is there's the moment where, like, no one's responding. Why? Because it is me. And that awkwardness and my mum sitting on the front just going like this, going, why aren't you moving? Because I'm thinking, this is a woman's meeting. Like, why would God be speaking to me? But what an incredible moment that God saw me. He wanted to see me healed. He wanted to see my mum healed. We were, you guys know the story, healed instantly in that meeting, never used in Halo ever again, both of us. Um, but see, that word of knowledge stirred faith. So for some of us, that is your gift. Um, another faith. Now, we're all called to have faith, okay? But some have another measure of faith for the common good, where we can be like, my goodness, like, God, can you break through in this area? But there is a level of faith that goes beyond. You know, that is not an out for anybody to not have faith. This is a gift though. Um, to another, the gift of healing. Again, I want to encourage you in this, that um, as it says in Mark 16, these signs will follow those who believe that they lay hands on the sick and they will be healed. We are all encouraged to pray for healing, but there is a gift that just goes to another level for the common good. Miraculous powers, another prophecy, another distinguishing between spirits, discernment. You know, is this, is this God? Is this actually not of God? Speaking in different kinds of tongues and another, the interpretation of tongues. It's funny, you know, I was thinking the other day, man, that's one that I'm not really seeing operating much at the moment. But God would have gifted somebody here for the interpretation of tongues. I mean, that's what Paul was encouraging as we jump over the chapters. Come on, guys. Let's not just be jumping to speak in tongues and outspeak tongues each other. Where's the interpretation? So I love it. The list goes on as you go into other passages. We've got um, acts of service. We've got showing mercy, um, giving. Giving is also a spiritual gift, the ability to be able to, to get wealth and to distribute wealth and to invest into things. Like, as I'm saying these things, you'll be like, yeah, I, I know people who are kind of like that, where it's like at another level because they're gifted 
by the Holy Spirit to do it. Different gifts, we all get one. A variety of ministries, because we've all got a purpose, a mission, an assignment. It might be within the church. It might be how we are outward expression into our community. Different levels of efficacy, because you know what? We've all got to grow in it. And finally, remember, it is all for the common good. And last one, and all these are the work of the one and the same spirit. And he gives them to each one. Nobody misses out. Nobody misses out just as he determines. Man, if God is determined, if God is determined, and if we think about, you know, uh, I love that statement that always stirs faith. If, if he's done it before, he can do it again. Um, man, if he's already demonstrated, we're so lucky to be on this side of the cross. The, the, the extent he would go to when he's determined, that should stir faith for us this morning. If we're kind of here going, I wonder, I wonder what God's got for me. Or maybe something's been laying dormant that you haven't been using, and this morning God is wanting to stir it up. Okay, so this next thought, give me two seconds. Are you guys intrigued? It's because Brody said he hadn't seen a, um, a good sermon prop in a little while. So, um, so, so we all know the Valley of Dry Bones, right? Do we know that passage? Yeah, this is the Valley of Dull Parts. Um, I didn't have the heart to destroy any of Keeley's Barbie dolls. So instead, what I did is I raided the Jumpstart um, box. Um, so if any of your kids are very disappointed that they couldn't play with Mr. Potato Head, feel free to blame me, okay? Um, and I thought what I want to do is Paul jumps in, and you guys can read this later. You know, we, we can all read this later, but Paul jumps into and begins to try and highlight the importance of all of us, each one of us we've been gifted operating in that. And he talks about how we are a body. Okay. But as a body, you know, it, it seems quite funny. I'm like, this is a normal body. This is not normal by any stretch of the imagination, but this is normal this morning. Okay. This is normal. Um, he's challenging that, you know, when we, when we start to a bit like the Corinthians get a little bit spiritually snobby, like we're trying to all go after who can prophesy and who can do all these out speaking tongues each other and, and not actually see the range of gifts in work. We begin to look a little bit more like this one. Frankenstein, Mr. Potato Head. We're all eyes. We're all looking prophetically into the future. We're all mouths. We're declaring it. We've got our ears out. We're listening to the spirit. But there's no acts of service. There's no mercy. There's no, um, maybe there's no evangelism happening. We look even stranger. I mean, let's be honest. We're, we're, we're pretty strange, but we look even stranger. Like, yeah, that's, that's pretty strange, eh? We're just all mouths, no eyes, just running around, 
speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, speaking in tongues, nobody can even tell what's going on. It's not going to work, right? It's not going to work. We look strange to the world (laughs) and we don't actually operate how God intends us to. You see, I was thinking about the, um, you know, about a year ago, I hurt my foot pretty bad, okay? Um, I kicked a door frame twice within the space of it would have been a week. Like I literally laid on the ground and I thought I'd broken my foot. That's how hard I'd done it. I'd ran, kicked. This is the thing we miss. You know, we can get all caught up in what our gift is or not seeing the full expression. But did you know that if, if one part is hurting or one part is missing, it actually impacts the rest of the body. It's not just a case of these two over here look a bit strange. Unfortunately, exhibit A, (laughs) potato head, can't even function. Can't even function. You know what I found? I had a, a severely sore little, it was a little toe, but I had to walk different. I began to walk with a limp. Like I'm trying to tell my brain, walk properly is just just your flipping little toe. But I'm like, anyone else on there? I can't be the only one who's like strange. Yeah, thank you. Thank you. It's good to get a little bit of a little bit of feedback. Otherwise, I'm starting to feel like this dude. <laughs> All mouth and eyes. No, you begin to walk different. And this is my challenge. Well, this is why Paul is saying, I don't want you. I don't want you to, what is that I? Be ignorant. I'm sure he would have gone on to, I don't want you to be, what's one of the other eyes? Yee! See, this is why we do alliteration. One of the other eyes? Yes. Nice. Because it impacts the body. We begin to walk different. We begin to operate different every single one of us is critical because God has called us to be a functioning body. You know, I put that challenge out there because, you know, um, it can be easy to, to think, you know, I've done my time or, um, you know, I, I, I just need a, a, a season. And, you know, I'm all for sometimes we need seasons where we um, – Rest, because life is a rhythm. I, you know, Psalm twenty-three. God says that um, you know through through David that um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want, but it talks about leading me to green pastures and to brooks. And you know, sometimes there's walking and sometimes there's resting. But our challenge is it can be really easy to be like, I'm going to just put it on the shelf. And then what you might not even be aware of is then we begin to start limping. And you're, maybe there's been hurt. Maybe you've been offended. Maybe you've been hurt. And, um, you know, that is, that is all you can see. But it, the, the reality is it's, we're all begin to feel hurt. And I believe that God wants to do something this morning in bringing us to his design, his purpose. You know, before we, um, in fact, I'm going to get Simon up on the keys. Um, but I just want to share a couple of things. Can we make it practical? Okay. Sundays are awesome. Sundays are important. It's important to gather and to worship 
to sit under the word and to have an encounter and to encourage one one another. Sundays are important because it is a visual representation of us coming together as a body. Is that okay if I say this? Sundays are important. Sundays are important. What also is important are things like I-groups. I-groups are important because in a smaller part, we learn how it's like the practice ground for learning how to function well, okay? And I want to encourage you this morning. Um, I think Christy um, has done it. I didn't actually have a look. But we have out there, um, all. oh, thank you, Shelley, all of our I-groups. Now, it's already on the app. You can find, but we've got I-groups out there. I want to encourage you, if you're not in one, to get an I-group because it is the testing ground and the training ground. You see, I'll, I'll give a couple of examples. So the very first time uh, I ever gave a prophetic word, I was 12 years old, Okay. And that was because my pastor at the time came to me and said, Jesse, don't care about the fact that you're 12. God can use you now. Importance of a Sunday service. And especially the kids. Uh, we need to be encouraging our kids, eh? You know what I loved? How many, how many kids did they say got filled with the Holy Spirit? 25, 11, and 12-year-olds. At the conference, they decided, you know what, we're just going to go for it and pray. And, you know, a couple of them had actually began to speak in tongues without being prayed for yet. Like, like let's not think you just got to become an adult. Anyway, encourage. Hey, Jesse, I see this is a, a, a word of knowledge. I see this gift on your life. You're going to hear from God. And in those moments, share the word. Just be bold. Just share it. Don't worry if they're older than you. Um, and what will happen is God will begin to develop that. So um, because of time, I'll keep long story short. Uh, I was staying at my nana's house and um, it was uh, school holidays. And then I was invited by my auntie and my cousins to go along to this new church. And so anyway, I hopped in the car, went there, uh, sat in the service. Man, why didn't they invite me to the kids' church? I don't know, 12. <laughs> But anyway, maybe they didn't have a kids' church at that point, at that size. Anyway, so I'm listening to the sermon. I can't tell you what was preached that day. All I remember was at the end of the sermon, I felt like God gave me a message. So as a 12-year-old, I walked up to the guy and I said, I believe, didn't know the guy at all, never met him before. I'm 12, okay? I believe that. God is going to use you and this new church to see thousands saved. Now, that guy would have laughed, okay, because he would have thought, anyone who knows him, that's, um, that's, that, that's just what he does because uh, his name's Pastor Dom. Um, and, but as a 12-year-old, I had absolutely no idea who you were and no idea I'd ever turn up at this place. But I was encouraged by somebody in a Sunday service to go, if God gives you a message, give it. Now, how incredibly encouraging when you find out who the guy is. <laughs> now, fast forward. I remember uh, joining Inspire Church and our I group that used to have Kimberly and I can see Brenton. 
Daryl was in there, Ash and Dev. A few of these guys were in our group together. And we used to do things like, let's just put a chair in the, in the middle and let's just believe God for a word. Let's practice this thing. I groups are so important. Acts of service, hospitality. Do you know that is a spiritual gift? Practice through an I group. And I want to encourage everyone here, if you're not in one, get in an I group. What an opportunity to a safe space to, to try some stuff. Okay. Finally, uh, we're just going to skip to the end. <laughs> it says, eagerly desire the greater gifts. And um, I, I, when, when I think about this, I think about desiring what it takes to get from here to here, okay? And to seek God. And I love this quote from a, a, a theologian, Lenski. He says, to strive zealously, we're talking about easily desiring, means more than to pray. Okay, we're going to have a moment where we pray for people. It means more than to pray. It includes effort towards cultivating. Do you remember a couple of weeks back we were talking about the soils and cultivating growth? It's not overnight, but cultivating and towards producing a receptivity and a fitness on our part. You know, as we operate in these gifts, we become more receptive to the Holy Spirit moving through us. And there becomes a fitness in it. Let's be hungry for God to work through each and every one of us. Hungry to cultivate, to put into practice, building man memory and fine tuning. Yeah, why don't we stand? I was wondering if for a moment I was going to have to make piano noises with my mouth. <laughs> bit of beatboxing from Isaac or something like that just a sound system win or something I don't know mm. is anyone feeling stirred this morning cool few hands what we're going to do right now is we're just going to open up the altar and uh, we're going to have a time of ministry because I believe that what God wants to do in this moment is to see people activated in their gifts to see a hunger be activated, to be used in mission and in purpose. You know, maybe for you, it means I have absolutely no idea what my gift could be. Maybe for you, it is I 100% know what my gift is. It's just not in operation right now and I'm feeling stirred. I'm feeling stirred to get prayer and to be activated. Maybe it's just a hunger. It's just a hunger going, God, I want more. I'm desiring the greater gifts. God, I need a greater receptivity. Maybe it's even, God, I need a greater vision and revelation of why you've given this to me so I can operate in the way that you've called me. The reason I've got it that broad, nobody should feel embarrassed to come down because you're obviously the hungry one. Okay? But before we get there, can I share the picture that I mentioned at the beginning? And this is me stepping out in faith because I really feel this is somebody this morning. It might even be more than one person, but God is going to set you free. Okay, this is, this is the picture I had. So I was out for a prayer walk and I want to encourage you, if you don't do something like a prayer walk, do it. 
It will change your life. I'm actually praying harder right now than I've prayed in a very, very, very long time. And I want to encourage you that at the beginning, it was lots of you pray for a couple of minutes and then your mind wanders. And then you're like, oh, that's a pretty view. And then all of us get sudden God begins to drop things in your imagination and stir things and it becomes a whole lot more significant. I want to encourage you, building the fitness. In the prayer walk, I stopped and um, God gave me a picture and I know it wasn't for me. I know it was for someone here, okay? And in this picture, somebody, and as I said, it might be one, it might be more. It's like they're treading water in a swimming pool. In their mind, they're treading water and they're in chaotic waters. The reality of it is they're treading water and God's just wanting them just to put their feet down on the floor. And this is the thing that I really believe that as you're feeling furiously and you're, you're treading water, as you begin to stop and focus on Jesus and you hear his voice telling you just to place your feet on the floor, that the fear is distorting reality. Just put your feet on the floor, that the chains of that fear is broken off your life and you're about to move forward. In fact, I believe it's, it's not just a, a, a word of knowledge in the sense that it's stirring for somebody. That's, that's actually a word of wisdom in the sense that that is the answer. Put your feet on the floor. Now, I'm going to take a step of faith. Is anybody resonating with that picture right now? Is anybody else resonating with that picture right now? I just want to say something. I am feeling some, oh my goodness, I am feeling the Holy Spirit right now. What I want to encourage you, do you mind coming down? Because I believe this is a powerful moment, church. Do you mind coming down? Do you mind coming down? I'd love to pray, okay? I'd love to pray because this is a defining moment, okay? This is a defining moment. Awesome, Serena. Awesome. Okay, this might feel real strange, but this is this is what I believe we're going to do, okay? What we're going to do is we're going to put our hands out and I want to pick you to picture. Good on you, Ken. This is freedom for you, okay? I want you to picture that chain of fear in between your two hands. Okay, I, you know, you, if you guys are going, what on earth is about to happen here? Read through scripture. Man, God, God does some crazy sounding things as pictures and people uh, to, to, to see people set free. And this is what I saw is holding chains between your hands. And what we're going to do is we're going to begin to pray. And I really feel led by the Holy Spirit in an act of what God is doing right now to break those chains, okay? And what I believe, as, as clearly as the other day on that walk, that you were going to be set free, that what God is saying is that fear, the treading water is distorting reality, and God is going to cause you to put your feet on the ground and fill you with faith and allow you to move forward without any of those chains holding you back ever again. And I declare that this morning, ever again. Church, why don't we join in prayer? Why don't you 
extend your hands out this morning. God, I want to thank you for this incredible moment, an incredible opportunity for freedom. God, I want to thank you that as you said in your own words, when you rose from the dead, you said this, all power and all authority is mine. The victory has already been won. All power and all authority is mine. In fact, even in this moment, why don't we declare that this morning that all power and authority is yours. All power and all authority is yours. Let's say that again. All power, all authority is yours. One more time. All power, all authority is yours. And God, I thank you that you know every detail of what's going on in every life. But God, I thank you that in the same token, you also see their future. You see the breakthrough. And right now, in the name of Jesus, as directed by your word, we break that chain right now. We break that chain right now. We break that chain right now. We break that chain of fear. Has no hold on you anymore. We break that chain right now. And we break that chain right now. And right now, Lord, we just pray for a fresh touch of your spirit, God, that you'd stir up that fire that's already within him. God, I thank you for Jordan. I thank you for the call that is on his life. Lord, I thank you that he is called and appointed and anointed to see people set free. God, and we speak that destiny over them in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. You know, I get a picture, Jordan, even as I'm praying for you, of as those chains are broken, that it's almost like there's a couple of links that are hanging off your wrist. They are not connected. They're a couple of links. And your story, your story of whatever God is taking you through is going to breed hope in people. The pain, the crying out, all those things are going to bring hope as people see the gospel power that has set you free. God, I want to thank you for the countless people, the countless young people who are going to be set free because of, God, the the strength and the stretches he's walked through, but also because of the victory that is evident on his life in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, we just pray for a fresh filling of your Holy Spirit. Lord, just washing over Serena right now washing over Serena right now. God, I thank you that in this moment that you are setting her free, that she doesn't need to to fear, to worry, all those things that have become bigger than your voice. God, I thank you that right now they are being silenced, God. Thank you for what you're doing. Fresh filling of your holy Spirit, God, I want to thank you for the work that is happening right now. Right now. You know, even as we are here, I just get a sense of, uh, you know, we talk about it so much in Isaiah where it says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. Can you not see it? 
It's springing forth. I believe that what, what's happening right now is you're looking out and in the natural, things look dead. But the incredible thing about, you know, cacti and a lot of that, that they bloom with flowers, but it takes time. And, 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 and God's going to give you spiritual eyes to see because we walk by faith, not by sight. And Lord, I just pray that you would open up his eyes. Lord, not only for himself, not only for his family, for those, Lord, that you've placed in their world, God, that you would open up his eyes, that he would become a man that would see the blooming, God. When people can only see wilderness, can only see suffering, can only see the stretch and and the tiresome nature of that, God, that, that, that he... Lord, that he would bring a message of hope because he sees the blooming in Jesus' name. Yeah, thank you for Ken, Lord. Fresh touch of your Holy Spirit and refreshing. Yeah, I believe that God wants to bring refreshing to your bones. Over dawn, God. Over dawn, Lord. God, I thank you that you were teaching her to be sensitive to your Holy Spirit. You know, doing I, I really get a sense that I, I've got absolutely no idea what you're going through that, that may stirred you to come down. But, um, you know, the incredible thing about storms is, you know, um, as we read, I mean, Jesus and disciples were actually in a couple of storms, not just one, <laughs> a couple of them. And in the mid, you've got the ones where Jesus just silences it. You've got the ones where Jesus is teaching something through it. And I just want to encourage you right now to trust Him as you're walking forward in this freedom that actually what's happening right now is the Holy Spirit is teaching you to be sensitive to His voice. And why that is important is because in the future, because He's equipped you for it, you're going to be in far bigger storms than you are experiencing right now, but you're going to hear His voice. And the reason that's important is it isn't just for you that you're going to hear His voice for others. In the midst of noise, in the midst of chaos, you'll hear His voice and you'll lead people through. God's good, amen. What we're going to do is, um, oh man, we've gone over time. There are sliders. Did you hear that? Venison sliders. And we're going to save Simon one. So none of us, I'm going to have 14 sliders and then poor Simon, who's going to stay here and minister to people, or maybe that's the cross you bear this morning. Um, But what I want to encourage you to do, because we have gone over time and I want to honour that these guys have cooked up venison sliders. This altar's open, okay? We are not stopping. If you feel stirred this morning, come on down, get prayer. We're going to stay behind and pray. That is whether you're feeling, you don't know your gift. This morning, we're going to pray for you. Maybe you haven't operated in your gift. We're going to pray for you. Maybe you're hungry for more. We're going to pray for you. You want healing? I'm excited to pray for you this morning, okay? But if that's not you this morning, you're allowed to go get a slider. Is that cool? Two things, men's camp, last chance, I groups, go have a look. Love you guys. Actually, oh my goodness, I haven't even prayed for everyone. Lord, I want to thank you for your goodness this morning. Lord, I want to thank you for what you're stirring up in us. 
God, I want to thank you that you're calling us not to be a platform-led church, but a body. Not even just the pews within four walls, but to go beyond. And Lord, I just pray that you would open our eyes to the opportunities this week, that you'd stir up the gifts in us, that you'd open up our eyes to see with eyes of faith. And you know, this morning as we're praying with eyes closed, I never want to leave an opportunity because someone might even be watching online. If you have never made a decision to follow Jesus, and it's incredible sometimes who's here who has never, I want to create an opportunity because the greatest gift isn't the gifts of the Holy Spirit. The greatest gift isn't even just the Holy Spirit and being filled with the Holy Spirit. The greatest gift I said was whilst we were still sinners, while we were still lost in the chaos, trying to do things our own way, living by our own rules, whether we are aware of God or not, Christ died for us, that we could be forgiven, the slate wiped clean, that we could be set free, that we could be made alive, that we could discover our purpose in Him and live that. It's a hope that's now, and it's a hope in an eternity to come. And that, if that is you, Maybe you're watching online. Maybe you've made that decision. You feel far from God and you want to take hold of this moment. Can I just take two seconds just to go, show me your hand. If that is you, awesome, awesome. Is there anyone else who wants to join in as well? If you're online, direct message us. I think we've got the um, inspiredchurchnz.com slash yes. That's a place you can go to because we don't want to just leave you to do the journey beyond a decision by yourself. We want to we want to be able to support you and encourage you. But why don't we give Ken an awesome hand and God a hand because we're going to all join together and pray. You know, heaven erupts probably more than when people won their car on Oprah. It says heaven rejoices these decisions. So why don't we why don't we all join and we're gonna pray this together? Hey online, join in too, and we're gonna say, Dear Lord Jesus, thank you for the cross that you gave your life and rose again that I might have life. Today I choose to surrender to make you king, to live for you, to make room for you, to do whatever you want to. Here I am. Use me. Thank you, Jesus. Lord, I want to thank you so much for this, this awesome man. Lord, you look down and you just smile. I know I smile when I see him walk into a room. He just carries life with him. But but I thank you that you've got so much more for him. God, so much more for him. Lord, and, and Lord, I just pray, Lord, not only blessing in this moment and a sense of you leading him, but God, I pray that you would bless him to overflowing, that he would become a blessing to all those around him in Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Lord, I thank you that even in this moment as he stands here, Lord, he stands set free, every chain broken, every sin washed away. He is a brand new creation in you. Yeah, why don't we give God praise? Let's give God praise. Hey, as I said, 
Healing prayer, come here. Otherwise, run and get that slider. God is good.